Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth ball for Aberdeen. And Cooper puts it in wide. Close by Bishop. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, you don't get the breaks of the ball. Cooper in with Stewart. He didn't really know where the ball was, but he got the break. And as you say, it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time. Knowing that really, all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net. And welcome to the Here We Go podcast. Well, we're back again. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be as upbeat as last week's episode, but don't let that put you off. Uh, we've still got lots of good stuff to talk about. Joining me as always, he's here again, is Richard. Hey, how are you doing, Richard? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Martin. You um, suitably recovered from the anger and rage yesterday. Are you ready to get it out of your system? Uh, I mean, yesterday on the, on the rageometer, it was barely even a six, you know, this early in the season. You know, I think we've got to remember where we come from and how much surgery is being performed in this team. Um, you know, I know that's not the kind of uh, social media facing uh, rant that people like to hear these days, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fairly level headed this evening, I think. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, and joining us, we'd like to welcome back Shona Duffy. How are you doing, Shona? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It would have been uh, better to talk about a win, but never mind. That's the problem. Uh, well, before we before we move on to yesterday's game, Sean, obviously just just I'll get a couple of quick opinions from you. Uh, so, what how what's your what's your thoughts so far and what you've seen uh, this season under Jim Goodwin? For, forgetting about yesterday for the moment. <laughs> obviously, starting at Celtic was always going to be a, a tough opener of the season. You know, we we didn't take any points from that game. Um, I kind of always thought that was going to be the case anyway. Um, but I did like what I saw from the first two games. Obviously, the St Mirren win last week was brilliant. But now I'm questioning whether last week against St Mirren was a flop or this week against Motherwell was a flop. So I guess the proof will be in the pudding with that one. But I feel overall, he's signed quite well. He's done what... Um, he's got players in positions that we absolutely needed. He got rid of the players from last season who, quite frankly, some of them at one point weren't even worth wearing the shirt, in my opinion. Um, so... Yeah, just have to see how it goes. Okay, so Richard, right, let's get on to this one. We'll talk about the Motherwell game from yesterday. Um, the only, only change we saw at the start in 11 was uh, Coulson out for um, young Clarkson. He was purred over by many of us um, after last week's performance. Um, yesterday was probably a bit of a steep learning curve from him playing against a team like Motherwell. Um, did have a couple of nice touches here and there from him, um, but it did pass him by. I mean, he's only a young player. Um, it's going to take him... Maybe, particularly with Scottish football, we've seen people come up here and struggle. Um, it's going to take him some time, perhaps, to to acclimatise himself to the game. I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think the sort of teams like Motherwell added is quite interesting because I thought that was probably the most expansive Motherwell team that I can ever remember seeing at Pitodry. I mean, the goals were frequently on the break after we were doing very little in terms of possession, but I thought they they got their game plan absolutely spot on and. You know, it was 40 minutes before we even looked to even threaten to, to get in behind them and carve something out. That was when 
Bazui managed to find Richardson um, with the ball inside their fullback. So I thought tactically they got it spot on, and it certainly wasn't just a case of you know hanging on and hoping to score from a set piece, which is what we've very often seen from Motherwell. I, I thought they were really impressive, and key to that I thought were were, were giving Ramadani and uh, Clarkson absolutely no time on the ball whatsoever. Um, there was one kind of lovely crossfield ball from Clarkson after about six or seven minutes, which just went out of Johnny Hayes's uh, gallop. That was really about the only thing which we saw, which which threatened to get us moving. But it's, it it spells the danger of trying to uh, uh, trying to pass judgment on players too quickly, doesn't it? Because I think after 44 minutes of last week on the feed, we were like, oh, player, just because he'd um, found a top corner. I mean, it's a brilliant calling card. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to be part of the challenge for him coming now away on loan and playing, presumably, most weeks is about that consistency, is about finding it week in, week out, and being able to step up against different tactical systems and different shapes. A lot of praise after the St. Mirren game last week, but again, I think that has to have come with a pretty heavy caveat of that was against 10 men. It's a little bit worrying that um, of the three Goodwin victories in the league so far, two of them have actually been against 10 men. The Hibs game was also... Uh, one against 10 men then you've got the, the win against Dundee towards the end of last season so you know Goodwin was right to caution that fact because I think it had been an even game last week up until the sending off and certainly Clarkson in particular exploited the space very well uh, last Saturday this Saturday he was utterly denied that and it was it was completely the opposite so neither he nor Ramadani really had any great impact on the game moving the side forward I think that's quite interesting what Richard says there. I mean, yeah, it's it was a different Motherwell team from perhaps what we've seen in the recent past. Um, certainly tried to be a, play a little bit more football than we've seen from them. That, that probably will just come from them having a new manager. I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that Jim Goodwin would have, Jim Goodwin would have been taken by surprise, um, but it certainly it certainly wasn't what I was expecting from Motherwell. I don't know about you. I thought they easily played us off the park from from the get go. It just it just felt like we were always lacking in possession and they were like they were able to pounce on that and they were you know nullifying the wingers they had two to three players on to them um which is where you know most of our uh, creative spark came from and then ramadani in the middle was also not being able to service us and we know that um he's been able to you know create some fantastic moves and games um to to make sure that we get through to the final third but yeah, I, I actually was quite surprised with them. I knew they would be completely different to how they were under Graham Alexander. It was it was quite physical. I still think they have that side to them as well. But um I for overall I thought from from the first whistle, I thought they were the better team. They just they played with a lot better football and were a lot better than we were. <laughs> I mean, Richard, they're certainly not the hammer throwers that we've seen accused accused them. There's a lot of that stuff kinda of yesterday. You're absolutely right to say I thought they were they were they were actually quite good in terms of trying something different. I think last week, you know, in our very perfunctory preview of this game, we were like, oh, you know, can we step up to the physical challenge that Mother will provide? And I don't think that's, you're is right to say, I don't think it's gone away. But, um, you know, it was interesting beforehand, um, chatting to my mate who sits beside me at the game, he was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm so glad Anthony Stewart's in because he's just the type he'll be able to deal with Kevin Van Veen because he'll be used to playing those kind of defenders in League One. Well, you know, physically, I thought, he did okay at the outset of the game, but by the end, he was absolutely getting spooked by the supporting players in that Motherwell system who were just motoring past him and making him look like he was 
towing the proverbial caravan towards the end. Last season, absolutely, it was about that physical presence of Van Veen up front, spooking your likes of Bates, McCrory, Gallagher. This time, I, I just really thought it was a more all-round motherwell display and equally we didn't handle them very well uh, shona talks about our wingers looking to be looking to be the key again i thought motherwell were the ones that were really trying to stretch the game and and, and use the width of the pitch it was a couple of lovely balls out from kelly to uh, the wide midfielders who, who were in acres of space just again exploiting that space uh, that we kind of have on the flanks it's interesting i think tactically despite how much has changed with this side it's how much actually has stayed the same since last season. This is obviously very early days. We're still just in week three. But, you know, some of the key faults last season were the problems, you know, getting the striker to play with the attacking midfielders and link them in. That appears to still be a bit of an issue. Fullbacks being caught miles up the pitch in transition. That's definitely an issue. Um, and your defensive midfielder not really providing enough cover for the centre halves, leaving them exposed. That was absolutely the problem uh, with Scott Brown last season, and it appears to be repeating itself a little bit with Ramadani this year as well. Given that that's you know obviously the majority of last season with with a different manager, that's it's a little bit worrying that uh, a lot of the the flaws that were inherent last season and really set a stumbling last season have uh, just come back and. You know, we we say that we've brought in players to to fix this, but if your if your system is being repeatedly exposed, maybe it's not always the players. Maybe it's the system. I thought again, the league cup games were no guide to anything, but what was clear there was with, with the ball we were playing like a very adventurous two three five system, and I looked at this and I thought, well, there's no way we're gonna play this during the actual Premier League games because you know we will we'll find ourselves so overloaded and exposed on a quick transition ball and clearly at Parkhead there wasn't too much evidence of that um, you know I thought on the odd occasion that we we did get the breaks right we did break quickly and we got numbers forward none more so than with that Johnny Hayes effort but yeah last week we got away with it again against 10 men this week exposed turnover ball Richardson repeatedly out of position, playing as one of those five. It, it appears to be a slightly lopsided in that the two-three-five with the ball. Just centre halves back. It's um, it's a left back that's slotting into a midfield position uh, alongside the two midfielders in there, and it's Richardson that's really bombing forward and trying to get in the box and trying to provide a bit more width on that on that right hand side. But yeah, yesterday it just it just wasn't happening, and yeah. I, I do fear that if we're going to be quite so adventurous with the ball, we will get picked off. Yesterday, you can't just say we got picked off yesterday. As Shona says, we really got outplayed from minute one, practically to minute 90. There was like a a five-minute spell either side of halftime where we got the two goals and people got their tails up. Um, but but really, we were we were well outplayed for the whole game. But, but I, I do think that a lot of the flaws that cost us last season are still inherent there. I mean, defensively, uh, Shona, we saw McCrory once again at uh, centre-back. Scales out, out left-back. Uh, concern for me on that is that it means we have two players playing out with what we would class as, you know, in air quotes, their best position. Um, and I don't think we can really, you know, being good in that, those positions against 10 men the previous week um, is perhaps not the same as coming up against a much more competitive uh, Motherwell team. Well, obviously, we're, obviously everybody's going to try and find find the solution. 
yesterday um it seemed to be you know people you know, the people sitting around us you know some of the guys were, um, some of my mates were talking about it in the pub after is the solution as simple as just putting johnny hayes at left back and keeping scales in his best position um is that the sort of thing where it would avoid that square peg round hole situation because we know fine that johnny hayes can play at left back yeah i mean i see where fans are, are suggesting that but i i don't think that's our our um you know long-term solution i know as you say it would be a short a a short-term one maybe but you know i feel hayes is still better when he's um more attacking minded than having to play left back personally i think the issue is is that we are basically we have one injury and we're having to move players around like you just said you know mccrory once again it's center back scales at left back they're not playing the positions that they as you say it that they can actually be their best so i think this is the issue and i think like this is where we have to address that concern it, just, the transfer window is still open um so i think for me personally a, a defend a defensive player is what we need to bring in you know for that rotation for that um extra you know player in the squad that can come in and fill that role because at the minute we're just as you say stop gapping players in and it, it's clearly not working against a competitive motherwell <laughs> so for me it, Maybe we might have to play him there, but I, I don't think that's the long-term solution for the rest of the season. You know, on the topic of probably all three of them, McCrory, Stewart and Scales, um, it probably won't surprise you to learn, Martin, that I have some, I have some thoughts on these. Um, <laughs> firstly, the, the Ross McCrory situation. Um, what's he really good at? And basically, is he good enough to be a, a first choice midfielder for Aberdeen if we've got aspirations to be, well, let's be realistic here for a second, third? I, I don't think he's calm enough on the ball to play that kind of Ryan Jack role. I don't think he's got the range of passing to play a kind of Kenny McLean, deep line quarterback sort of role. I don't think he's got that really short burst acceleration to be a really effective ball winner in the flood shinny mold. I think I said last season that, you know, in terms of sort of things that his game is lacking I, I thought the centre back might actually not be the worst place for him um, he'd probably obviously prefer to have him as a right sided centre back as opposed to a left sided centre back I just wonder how maybe his future might actually be at right back I, I think the qualities within his game you know, a little bit of pace, not blistering pace, quite good defensively but not brilliantly defensively distribution, okay but again not brilliant, I, I just wonder maybe fullback I just the couple of times where he's really kind of stood out for me have actually been fullback I think his best game for Aberdeen was it was away from home against Viking um, and he played right back that night and he was brilliant up and down that touchline really effective defensively and also offensively so uh, the, the whole thing about you know what's Ross McCrory's position I don't think you know I don't think we're losing a superstar of the side when he steps out of that midfield position um, I think generally speaking in games that we would expect to win certainly at home i'm probably more comfortable with a um with a ramadani and clarkson midfield to be perfectly honest with you anthony stewart spoken a little bit about him earlier on he, he really really struggled with the pace but again I, I think in terms of judging the center halves on saturday they were both getting uh, exposed quite brutally and quite repeatedly really he's obviously been brought on as captain and he and scales would appear to be probably the two names that we have brought in that are probably and this is a guess probably jim goodwin's pick 
Um, I think a lot of the other names or work, obviously, that uh, Mowbray's done uh, in conjunction with the Talent ID team, Lee Scott and, uh, and the guys who, who are looking at the videos, um, I think a lot of those names Goodwin hasn't had much input into. He'll have okayed them. He'll have given them the final okay. They will fit a player profile that he's um, that he's set to the board. But I really think in terms of the centre-halves, I, I, think, I, I think these are his picks. So it's on him. Uh, because I, I, I'm bored of throwing out this quote from last season and you know lots of other people do it too. The defence is the easiest thing to fix. It's certainly not been fixed yet. There's also obviously the issue of, of, of Liam Scales being on loan from Celtic and it's it's a really, really important position to be relying on a loan player in. Your centre-half, your, your starting centre-half loan player. I, I, when we first got Ryan Christie and he's obviously the first loan from Celtic, that felt like a bit of a cherry on top of the cake, sort of, you know, a little bit extra to that team who we could call on. So I, I, I could justify that loan to myself in that scenario. Certainly that first six months that he joined us, the second half of season 2016-17, I thought the second loan was probably not the right thing to do. I know they were pushing to try and get him permanently. The Montgomery loan last year, I think you can judge that for yourself how that went. Liam Scales, you know, I think there's a player there, absolutely. And you can buy the club spin if you like that. Oh, we just wanted to take a look at him before before buying him permanently. That's not the case. If they were, you know, if they were able to get him out of there permanently this window, they would have done. The problem is that this is entirely in Celtic's hands. All the power is in Celtic's hands with it, with regards to this deal. He's again, he's adequate at left back. It's a great ball in for the equaliser. I, I I just probably would rather see somebody who's our player playing there in that in that key position because I, I think that center to half partnership is absolutely critical. There are no answers in that very, very long run. I mean that's about a fifteen minute answer, Martin. I apologize to anyone who's fallen asleep in the middle of that. But <laughs> I think Stuart and Scales are are are, are the center half partnership that we should be should be trying to use. I don't know if Ross McCrory gets into what would my first choice midfield would be. Okay, I mean going going off topic a little bit there, Richard, but I mean and scales, I think, is you know, I, th- I agree with you pretty much with everything you said on scales there. I mean, the club have made all the right noises about him. Um, you know, obviously we took the loan, and the club have said that they know they would like to get him. I mean, would you be surprised, you know, before the window shuts, if we put an if we put an actual bid in for him? I think the club will know fine well the lay of the land as far as that goes. I do, you know, I don't think that Celtic's position is going to have changed in two or three months' time. Maybe come the January window, Celtic have. have brought some more defenders than themselves and he falls down their pecking order uh perhaps but you know he comes here and he excels and you know Celtic are obviously quite understandably going to probably want to leave a space open for him in their squad next season it's just not a situation in which we can longer term win I think loans are good if they provide you know a little bit of short term extra added quality to your team that you can't get elsewhere but as I say Relying on somebody who's uh, such a key position is a dangerous game to play. We showed uh, Scales was obviously involved in us conceding the first goal. Um, he was obviously down at left back. Um, gets caught a little bit for the ball to come in um, for Jaden Richardson, who a combination of loses his man, then falls on the pitch, um, giving Spittle a pretty easy finish to knock it in. I mean. This is an excuse, but something I noticed yesterday was uh, like there were loads of players just slipping about on that pitch. Um, I know it was a fine day, um, 
was it over watered? I mean, is this something maybe Jim Goodwin would have asked them to do? You know, just like let's soak the pitch, you know, let the get the get the the ball zipping about, um, and try you know try and play some some football as as you know, Richard mentioned. Obviously, you no know, playing this kind of attacking attacking style. Um, it was it was it was certainly interesting. And then you no, know, I mean the high profile thing where you know, Richardson just falls over in the middle of the box, um, costing us a goal and going one 0 down. That was something I commented on yesterday as well with the people um, I was sitting next to. I, I I just kept noticing that the players were slipping and I was like, this is a bit strange because it's not really something I've seen bef- like that much before. And it's, it just seemed like we're always slipping at the worst opportune times as well. Like, as you say, Richardson for the first. And then we we're trying to um, create, you know, uh, a, a, an attack. And then we have players slipping in the midfield and losing possession. Um, I'm not quite sure what, what exactly happened, if they're going to keep overwatering it or keep making it that, um, looking the pitch that good. The players are going to have to change their boots because <laughs> we can't really be having them slipping um, throughout the whole game, games. Um, I actually thought uh, the guy, the player that crossed it in was offside for the first goal. I, I, I'm probably wrong, but like to me, I need to look at, back at it properly. But to me, he did look offside. But yeah, you know, skills was caught out and Richardson just slips to the middle of the pitch and then Spittle just taps it in. He was a bit of a nightmare for us actually yesterday, Blair Spittle. He's a really good player and he, I thought he did really well in, in the midfield for them. I think the key thing with the goal is, is how easily they're breaking the lines really. Um, it's, it's a good ball out wide to their winger on the right-hand side. But when the ball comes in, you have Richardson up against their, their other winger and they're a good 10 yards behind where our centre-halves are. Again, the speed of their break has has just broken our lines so easily and it's only really taken one ball to allow that to happen. Um, but, I mean, this was, to be fair, after 20, 25 minutes of Motherwell being by far the better team. Although it, it has to be pointed out that we probably did have the best opportunity to um, to break the deadlock before then when Miofsky goes through and, and chips it uh, just a little bit too high over Kelly and uh, over the bar as well. I, I'm not convinced it would have actually changed the, the complexion of the game, especially when you consider that later on, um, you know, we went 2-1 up and, and we just we couldn't settle. We didn't settle. Uh, it didn't bring any more... Uh, quality or confidence to our play so I'm not convinced that going 1-0 up at that point would actually have changed the flow of the game that considerably but uh, equally it's still a, a huge opportunity and, and, and you absolutely should be scoring that. Yeah I completely agree but I don't know about you guys did you feel like from the get from the get-go it just didn't feel right like something was off and it just looked like nothing was going right for us and then that chance of Miguelski we're going one-on-one and he just decides to be clever with it it just it just felt like it was never going to be our day just despite what we did i don't know if it was just me that felt that it was just what i was feeling like when i was watching it yesterday i mean we were outplayed but there was obviously an element of us just not being on our game from minute one uh, i think it's within the first 90 seconds um ramadani tries a, a crossfield ball back to um i think it would have been scales at left back and he massively overhits it and it just goes out for a throw in about 20 yards inside our own half. At that very minute, you could have, would have been forgiven for thinking, uh-oh. It wasn't the start and it wasn't the sort of confident start of a team that had won 4-1 last week, had had everything go in their favour last week and had received a lot of plaudits for that last week. Um, again, you know, Motherwell have had a dreadful start to the season. They've already changed their manager, um, won the opening league game, but got well beaten last week 
yeah, it, we looked like the side whose confidence was through the floor, um, as opposed to one who, who really should have been up for the game. But it, it was more than just our shortcomings. That, you know, I wanted to make that clear with my first answer. I thought Motherwell were expansive, Motherwell were tactically set up really well and thoroughly deserved their win. But yeah, there was, there was quite a lot of uh, players in red who, who didn't uh, live up to either how they've performed last week or you know how we've heard talk of uh, their abilities from the management team yeah sure no, we'll just talk a bit about the no Miofsky always gets the equalizer for us it's a really lovely ball in from scales um, out in the left for him and he gets the header to it flicks it over the keeper um, which is a fantastic header I thought as well um, but the bar and the, like the chance that Richard obviously just referred to where is in that, you know, we were very lucky to be going in level at half time. But I mean, despite the fact you know, that it gets you, it gets you up, obviously having that goal scored um, and getting you back level. But it really was, um, it really was, you no, know, we've probably found ourselves, you no, know, a bit lucky going, but going in thinking that we've, you no know, a chance of getting something in the second half. Absolutely, cannot agree more. If I was Stephen Hamill, I'd be going into the dressing room at halftime wondering how the hell his side have, you know, gone in one one because that wasn't the flow of the game at all. And Motherwell could have easily scored more than they did yesterday. They had a, they had four or five chances and later on in the second half where they they easily could have made it four or five, maybe not five, but definitely a fourth goal. I could see that coming. So. I think we were very lucky to be level at halftime, but I thought that would maybe be the switch that we needed. And then, you know, we scored really early on in the second, you know, to go 2-1 up. So I thought, great, we've managed to, you know, calm ourselves down a wee bit and we're playing better football and we're getting that um, attacking flair and getting the, the, you know, essentially the ball in the back of the net. But it just fell apart five minutes later and they cut us open like butter. Um, I, I suppose we, we, we better say a bit more about the goal, Martin, because there's not going to be too much else positive to uh, to feast on in this week's show. But it's um, we spoke last week about how the Miofsky's goal, it was just a simple sort of poke to get his second goal, the non-penalty goal last week. But it was good sign because it was a, the sign of a, a sort of striker's instinct to be in there and to anticipate the the ball coming in and taking the, the nick as it did. I thought it was, again, great striker play to just get in between the two Motherwell centre-halves um, and exploit the space. And there's not a massive amount of space. It's a beautiful ball in. I had a great angle of it going in, I, the, the cross being shaped in, and also the header uh, from where I sit in the stand. And again, really good striker's instinct to score that. Beautiful cross in from Liam Scales. Um Shudder's absolutely right. Daylight robbery to, to really to be going in at 1-1. But the, the the atmosphere in the ground changed. Everyone was so keen to see a winning Aberdeen performance yesterday. The, the support they got was right after... It was the one point at which you thought Motherwell, a little bit rocky, was going up to halftime, just that five minutes leading up to halftime. Probably because they couldn't actually believe that the, uh, that the game was 1-1. Yes, I would imagine that as well. Like Shona says there, no. Stephen Hamill's probably thinking, "What no, what, what what's happened here?" I mean, Richard, we'll come we'll come right back out after the break. Um, you know, we get, we go two one up, but um, again, you know, we've, we spoke about we spoke about the defence earlier. I know it's silly defensive mistakes. Still, some good play by Motherwell, of course, um, but some silly defensive mistakes. You know, and they score two goals within five minutes. I mean, their their second goal um, comes from comes from the corner. Um, you know, Slattery fi- finds himself in so much room, and um, he just peels back. 
I, I, I mean, I, I don't know who's supposed to, I wasn't, I'm not sure who was supposed to be picking him up. Would I be being overly harsh on Kelly Roos that, you know, the ball coming across like that, he should be trying to claim that? No, you absolutely would not. I would actually point at least half a finger towards him for the opening goal at Parkhead as well. He does not seem a keeper, despite his height, that really inspires confidence at cross balls thus far this season. There's no way that ball should make it all the way through to Slattery at the back post. Absolutely no way. There are a few bodies there. You know, maybe that's his thinking. It might take a neck. I might begin. I might look foolish here if I come out for it. We, we saw a Dundee United keeper come out and play Superman midweek. Um, absolutely miss a corner. But he was rooted. He was absolutely rooted. And as I say, just like he was for that uh, for that Celtic goal, which again was a ball which was into the six-yard box. It was disappointing. It was disappointing uh, the timing of when it came. But you could hardly deny Motherwell that equaliser. Probably, again, worth just going back to our goal, our second goal, and uh, and pointing out the good work that Jaden Richardson does offensively there because um, he will have cause and we might have cause during the, the course of the season uh, to maybe um, have a go at him defensively but I, th- I you know I thought he he did what he has been tasked to do offensively there and did very well to get to the byline uh, find a red shirt and, uh, and Johnny Hayes pokes it away uh, but it just killed any threat you know hope that we might have of actually just settling and building a bit of momentum on that lead it was a bad teams lose goals at moments like that I don't know for certain whether we're going to be a bad team this season. It's far too early to make that call, but it is a habit of bad teams. I couldn't agree more with you on Ruse. I'm I'm not a hundred percent convinced by him. Um, I don't know if it, he is the long term answer for our uh, goalkeeper situation because I was I think it was a two two year deal we got him on, and I've honestly, if, 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 to me, it didn't look like he could handle any crosses coming in towards him. It's like he literally was like a deer in headlights. Um, which is not which is not what you want as a fan looking at your keeper. And honestly, if I was Joe Lewis, I would be you know trying to step up my game to get back in to being number one because if that continues, that's going to end up leaking um us goals, us leaking that's not gaining any points, and that's not what we want when we're trying to have a rebuild season. You know from the disaster of last season. You know I th- I think there's a wider issue rather than just ruse. I, th- I think there's a real focus and a real need for the senior players that have been brought in this window. So that's Ruse, that's Stuart, that's Ramadani. And also, I suppose, those that are still with us from last season, Hayes and uh, McCrory in particular. You know, this level of new faces in the first 11 is, is absolutely, it's really unprecedented. Uh, you know, we had eight in the starting 11 on uh, Saturday and it was 10 by the end. People hark back to Eddie Thompson releasing Eddie Thompson, Eddie Turnbull releasing 17 players in summer of 65. Um, but by the start of the following season, you're only really looking at about half the starting 11 who are who are new. It's still it's still quite a considerable turnover, but it's, it's nothing compared to what we have now. Um, with this level of change and the changes that we've clearly made to the age profile of the overall squad, those experienced players really needed to bring quality and leadership from the get-go otherwise you're looking at the entire rebuild being built on sand it's also with the guys that we brought in very few of them have got spfl knowledge knowledge of a league and that's not always vital but i think if you look at the history of the teams that have 
finished third and that's again as i say depressingly the benchmark we've probably got to look for if you look at the teams over the past five years that finished third they've been packed with guys who know this league and clearly we have missed out this summer on some names who have knowledge of this league um and were proven performers in this league your likes of McGrath, your likes of Forrest. I, I mean, we can't. We didn't actually mention it last week, but are we actually going to let slip that uh, uh, the chairman's rather pathetic, never fancied her anyway uh, tweet after uh, McGrath chose Dundee United? Then you've got, um, obviously, the, the Ronan situation has been allowed to drag on. How serious and how um, concerted our efforts to get Martin Boyle in, again, were open to debate, but... Regardless of the players, if the players we brought in had prior SPFL knowledge or not, those senior players, they were absolutely key to how this rebuild's going to go. And as I say, it's still far too early to call it a success or a failure. But when you're bringing in so many young players and so many of the players they brought in are young, and there's been a clear and conscious effort to do this, then the senior players really have to have that added quality. I'm not really seeing that yet from Roos, and I'm not really seeing that yet from Stewart. But it's, it is so, so early, and I have to stress that. Neither of us, neither of us are writing, writing any of the players off yet. You know, I mean, the, the levels of uh, the, the accusations that are levelled of us of being overly negative, I uh, just do want to say that, that um, you know, we're not writing off any of them just yet. But Shona, the, 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 the third goal that comes from Motherwell, again, they break on our defence. Spittle hits the bar. Annoyingly, the Motherwell player is the first to react. It's it's Van Veen again with another goal against us to head in the rebound. I mean, you're, 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 you should be looking for players to be, to be getting back there. I know it was on the break. I mean, particularly with Anthony Stewart. Um, the worry is that, you know, he's, he's obviously, it was, a, it was a nightmare afternoon for the captain. Um, he doesn't appear to be particularly quick which means, obviously, we do. you need to have somebody really nippy in there next to him um, to, to help him out. A guy, a guy like that comes in, you know, he spent, I think it was nine years, I think it was, he was, he was at Wickham. Um, they absolutely loved him down there. Um, you know, re- lots of really nice things written about him when he came up here. But you're hoping that he's going to be able to settle really quickly, but he's had a bit of a torrid time, hasn't he? Yesterday was just not what you want to see from a performance of a captain. He just didn't feel like he was getting into the flow of it at all. Like you say, he was not. He's not quick. He's he's not reacting well enough. But I mean, as we've said, it is still really early. And obviously, these are uh, there's there's been so many players being brought in. It's a completely different side to last season. Um. And you just got to hope that eventually they will, you know, be able to get that settling in period, and they won't, you know, because the Scottish football is completely different to League Two, and I think people don't or League One, Wickham. I can't remember what League Wickham are in, but they were in League Two when I used to cover them. <laughs> they, it's it's a completely different ball game. It's not really like Scottish football, and people make that that comparison that Scottish football is like League Two, and it's 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 not. It's 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 the same in terms of like maybe the teams and like who's you know vying to get promoted or vying for the title in, in that sense but it, it's different style of plays it's just totally different and you know these players will need to quickly adapt to Scottish football to hopefully you know make sure that our season is going to be a positive one as we say it's too early to rule with an iron fist and say it's not going to be so <laughs> I'm still holding out hope <laughs> And I mean, and Shona, I mean, I'm not really, I'm not, not in any way. I've got to like, I can't, you know, stress the word "not" as well in you no know, extra tall capital letters. 
I'm not in any way suggesting that the manager is going to be in any trouble here um, with no because of the start. Um, bringing in so many players will, as Richard says, will no obviously needs you need time. Um, you know, it needs it does obviously need to happen sooner rather than later. But they will they will need time to gel. I mean, they're still talking. Um, the manager I mentioned yesterday still talk of one more um, being brought in, um, and it seems to be the kind of the chat seems to be that that's going to be a, bit, a creative player. Which, again, as you mentioned, Richard, it's con it's uh, probably you know, talk about Connor Ronan. Um, but show us, is do you think is that the most pressing concern we have at the moment? Is is that another creative player? Uh, not for me, as I mentioned before. Um... I think it should be a defensive player that we bring in. I don't think our issues of defence have been resolved. I'm not saying they're going to be resolved completely if we bring in another player, but it's a, it's a it's the same thing that we've been mentioning before. We've got players away from their position. We're shoving in someone to make sure that he can you know play left back, but you're actually nullifying him from being in a centre back, which is with Liam Scales. And I thought Scales actually was one of our best players yesterday. Um, it's just not what you, you you just don't want to be playing him at left back when that's not his prime position. Um, so for me, my main concern is the defense. And I know as people always say, oh, it's easy to blame the defense and try and fix it. I don't think it's easy to fix the defense. We've we've lost a, a stalwart of the club, Andy Constantine. We don't have that anymore. We don't have any of any of the defenders really from last season. Um, so. I think that to me is our biggest pressing concern, but I'm not the manager and I'm not Dave Cormack. So <laughs> let's see what's happening. Let's see what happens. I've got to say, Richard, as well, um, obviously Jack McKenzie came on um, later on in the game um, and I think it's fair to say he struggled. Um, I felt right, I felt quite sorry for him. He looked like, he, I mean, to me, he looked like a guy who was on the, be- who was on the bench Um and probably wasn't expected to come on. Um, I thought he really had a tough time once he got on. Probably no more than about four or five others, to, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, you know, I, I, I would again imagine with with Coulson being brought in that Jack probably doesn't see too much in the way of first team minutes this season. He looked okay at the start of last season. Um, I'm not sure he played well enough last year to get the, the two new deals that he was handed during the course of last season. Uh, that felt, if anything, a little bit of a uh, fuck you to the previous manager, to be perfectly honest. He was about to let him leave on a free. But no, I, I think with Coulson being brought in, I think I think he's your first choice left back. So I think it was a little bit unfortunate, obviously, that we had the, both of them out injured at the same time, meaning the skills had to go left back. Um, but it's also because you, you have a lo- lack of viable centre-half options. Um, David Bates, I think with the way in which the the Warsaw deal kind of fell apart, I think we have to assume that that's injury related. So he'll still be on our books, but won't be available to us for a while. But obviously we're not hearing anything official about that. And then really the the, the other centre half option, which has been on the bench has been has been Jack Milne. So so really, I think we're, we're, we're definitely one light there. And as I say, with the, with the skill situation, I would I would like to see, I mean, the thing is, we'll promise Scales games, and we'll be promising Celtic that Scales will get games, and I really think that um, that Goodwin really likes him, uh, and wants to actually have him in the team full-time, which, you know, we, it might end up happening, <laughs> but, uh, um, of course, as I say, that's entirely really out of our hands, so... Um, Difficult to say, isn't it? I, I, I mean, I, I think he wants Scales, I think he likes him, I think he wants to play him, Stuart's been brought on as his captain, so I can't see him getting 
ditch, not immediately anyway. Um, and yet I'm still looking at that centre-backs partnership and thinking we probably need another one in there, um, even just as cover. But, you know, at what point do you keep, do you stop rotating centre-halves and think that, you know, maybe it's the system you're playing that's constantly exposing your centre-halves, that's constantly um, leaving them to be like two-on-two two against the opposing attack. At what point do you do you stop just sort of endlessly recycling different players in that centre-half position and realise that, you know, maybe it's about a bit more than that? I don't know. I don't know. Goodwin shouldn't be under pressure right now. We are just a few games into the season. But the way in which last season, uh, the performances under Goodwin last season are being completely written off, worries me a little bit. Clearly, he's not entirely to blame for what happened last season. We know all the issues with the squad, blah, 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 blah. But to say that, oh, it's not his team, not his players, I think that misunderstands the way in which the, the Aberdeen is currently set up. Because it's not Jim Goodwin's responsibility to go out and identify all the players for the first team now at Aberdeen. That's, uh, he is, by and large, as I say, going to get input. There'll be one or two names which he can he can identify and you know we can pursue because he, he sees them as a priority. But really his job is to coach the players put in front of him. So it is a bit of a worry that he's won three games out of 15 in the league so far. It is a bit of a worry for those of you paying attention to the start of last week's show that he's now back down level with Tommy Pearson and has the second worst start of any Aberdeen manager. And I can't immediately discount those games last season um, because the same patterns are beginning to repeat themselves at the start of this season, uh, despite the fact that player-wise it is the freshest of slates. So... Absolutely, and I'm not starting to f- firing any starting gun about any um, any sack race. Absolutely not. But um, to me, he still he still has quite a bit to prove. So on Saturday, we are away at St Johnston. So not only um, are we coming up against our former utility man, the much much loved Andy Considine, showing up what is still on paper is a very kind set of August fixtures continues there. Um, St Johnston have had their no don't have their problems to seek either. Um, you know, they've had obviously a really a really tough start to the season um, with their with the the league cup the league cup exit as well. Um, so this is a, no this is again like I say I said last week to the guys I said August is August is very very kind for us and no I, I thought we could perhaps get ten ten or twelve points out of these games. Um, it looks like I'm obviously going to be wrong now. Um, but um, how do you, how do you see that? I mean, it's it's no, it's it's, it's a slightly different St Johnston side. I mean, they're probably going to do they're probably going to be a little bit better than last season, but that's really not saying very much, is it? No, I I don't think the board have backed Callum Davidson at all. They sold two of his best players um, on transfer deadline day last season, and they've just never recovered from it. Um, Obviously, they, they won the playoff against Inverness. I was hoping Inverness would come back up. Um, so I have a wee tie to the Highlands now. But um, <laughs> it's not, is it not just written in the stars for Andy Constantine to score a 90th, 90th minute winner? <laughs> Please don't let that happen. No, um, it, it should be on paper, as you say, it should be a win um, for Aberdeen. And you hope that after this week, it was a bit of a wake up call just for us, you know, because obviously we were so buoyed after the Simiran win that we thought, like, as you say, we were going to get 10 out of 12 points. And that's obviously that's not, that's not happening. Um, so 
hopefully it'll be a wake up call the players need and they'll get back to you know what they're capable of doing and showing us that submit in confidence and that submit in performance um but who knows it's Aberdeen and there's a former player who who would love nothing more than to maybe ruin our day by winning <laughs> we spoke last week Martin about how um Motherwell game would be a good marker to put down uh, based on our struggles against them last season. Um, and obviously we have failed to do them. Um, another key struggle last season, and not just last season, for a couple of years has been uh, our away form in the league. Uh, we have won five times away from home in the league in 22 months. Um, so anyone thinking we're just automatically going to rock up to Perth just because they're struggling and pick up the three points. I'm, I, I don't know what you've been watching over the past couple of years. That said, two of those five wins uh, that we have achieved in that time have been at Perth. So if there's any hint of a, a lucky away ground for us, it will be McDermott. Um, so certainly St. Johnston are, as usual, um, struggling for, for goals. They did eke out a very good win at Motherwell in week two. Um, took a pretty expected beating in Glasgow at the weekend, but again, there's no, there's not a huge element of surprise as to what we're going to get from Callum Davidson's team, team on Saturday. Um, are we good enough to to be on the front foot and to take the opportunities that come our way, and more importantly, be solid at the back? I need some evidence. I need, I, I need some markers for this team to put down. You know, when you again, when you're dealing with a, a new side and you, you want to really get behind that side, you want to have something to show some faith in. And you know, the four-one over something was all very nice. Everyone was very happy, but it came with that massive caveat that they were down to ten men after 25 minutes. I remember like early days of Derek McInnes's tenure. No one's quite sure how this thing's going to turn out. With everyone was, you know, apathy levels were kind of on the on the floor um, when he was announced, and, and no one was really that up but the start of that season beat Kamarnik at home so we, we get a win we get a bit of momentum and you can compare that to winning last week against St Johnston go away from home in week two against Motherwell Motherwell team that had finished um, second the previous season best of the rest so to speak and we go there in week two and we win 3-1 completely deservedly two penalty kicks from Al again and a Mark Reynolds header and it gave everybody in the club a real shot in the arm it was a proper marker laid down as to yes we've got the nous we've got the ability we can take care of teams like this we're going to be a serious proposition we need a result like that it needs to start coming away from home um because that record is utterly abysmal five wins from 30 the last 36 away games um, i mean that's that's relegation form absolutely relegation form um, often said that it was kind of the one thing propping up Stephen Glass for so long last season was that the home form was actually quite good. Um, you know, Lord Mendes, if, if the home form um, starts to nosedive as well, um, you know, if we if we start to fall apart like we did on Saturday repeatedly at home. But they have an opportunity. This is a clean slate. I don't think anyone's really counting the Celtic game too much against them. This is an opportunity against that sort of run-of-the-mill SBFL team to go out there and lay down that marker, show that they're going to be up for it a bit more this season, show that they're going to give the travelling support something more to cheer. 
Okay, well, just to finish up with um, an interesting interesting story that came out just a couple hours before we started recording tonight as well. Um, there's talk today, um, Shona, of the Dundee United game in November. Um, it was scheduled, for, November the 12th, I think it is, was scheduled for a 3pm kickoff. Uh, there's talk of it being moved um, moved back a few hours to 6, 6.30 on the Saturday night. I'm an old man, eh, you know. As far as I'm concerned, you know, your football should be at 3pm on a Saturday afternoon. Um, but, you know, I'm well aware of how, how things work nowadays, how about getting you know, up. And anything that gets more people in the door um, is, is fine by me. Um, I think it's a very interesting move um, by the club to try and perhaps maybe get um, get a little bit more eyes on the product. Absolutely. I mean, we did this last season against Dundee United as well, and I, I quite I quite liked it. Um, I'm all for it, to be honest. They play those sort of kickoffs all the time um, in the States, which, you know, it's, just, it's Dave Cormack's favourite thing to talk about whatever happens in America. Um, so I think, um, for me, I understand people do like their 3pm kickoff um, because you can get home for 5 o'clock, have a nice dinner. But I think it's actually... Um, quite a good thing and you know you want particularly with um the sky games because there's still a big focus on Celtic and Rangers in the Scottish leagues and, and there's such there's so many good talented players in other teams that you want to be able to show showcase them so I think if it's a way to get you know Aberdeen and the product noticed a bit more then I, I'm all for it. Now I assume you I assume Richard you're from the you're from the same school of thought as I am but um as as I saw in the article, obviously, you know, there's a chance of the people that miss out because, uh, you know, whether it's whether it's um, amateurs or juniors or school football and things like that, um, this is a chance to get people to come. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, it's going to be in November, so it's going to be freezing cold. Um, but it, it's it's good just to try and do, the club try to do something. Um, I think that's the most important thing, really. Yeah, but six p.m. Um, at night, perfectly dark for the flares in, in the red shed, Martin. You got you got to you got to bear that in mind. And I'm amazed in your intro, you didn't talk about the uh, masses of viewers that we're going to get from Atlanta as well for the more beneficial kickoff for the U.S. market. As I'm, I'm sure that's what this move is really all about: expanding the the massive name of AFC mm. in the American South. Oh, you old cynic, Richard! You old cynic, you. Just, just take your hot chocolate, you know, cocoa flask, and you'll be fine. Take some blankets, gloves, hats, whatever you need to get you through the day. How old do you think I am, Shona? By the way. <laughs> <laughs> See, Shona, clearly, you know, coming, you've, you're coming from the female post aspect where you probably have never been searched coming into the football. Where I go to the football with my eighteen-year-old, so we get searched every single game. Um, every single pocket has to be emptied, hats off, and everything. So, um, you know, sneaking a flask in is just not a chance. You know, you'd be lucky. You'd be lucky to get a Capri Sun in your pocket. Never mind. A, never mind a big thermos full of hot chocolate. <laughs> just be like, it's hot chocolate. I promise. I promise. <laughs> no, not a ch- not a chance. Yeah. So yeah, that's that 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 brings us the the close for the the week. It was a really interesting chat. I do just want to say before we go. Um, Thanks. We got a lot, got a lot of good feedback, um, and a lot of people said a lot of nice things. Um, obviously, we were we were away for a few months. Um, you know, real life got in the way, um, and I really do. We'd really do appreciate that. You know, there was quite a lot of people um, had missed us while we we're away, um, and you know, perhaps not not Richard, but I know I don't, you certainly melted um, melted an old cynic like me and made him actually feel a bit of emotion now and again. Um, so that was interesting. No, Richard, Richard isn't for budging. You know, he's he's made a stone. Um, so no, he doesn't care. I do. 
Um, but with that, um, I just want to say thanks to our guest. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Um, and also thank you to Shona. It's brilliant having you back, Shona. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been good fun. No problem at all. Um, and so we'll be, well, well I'm, I know we managed to come back again, again this week. So um, I'm pretty sure we'll see you all again next week. So until then. Calm down. Uh, oh, come on, Richard. <laughs> see, come on, you, come on. Don't be so cynical. Be positive, Rich. Come on. It's fine. Um, so yeah, we'll, well, we'll, I'll say Richard, I'll say we'll maybe be back next week as well. We'll speak with you then. Um, and when we do come back, um, let's hope we're, we're talking about a nice positive away performance at McDermott Park. And three points for the Dons. So, uh, till then, come on, you Reds. <laughs> <laughs>